Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. UFOs, unidentified flying objects, extraterrestrials, hurting people, crashing in Roswell, Area 51, all the different theories that we hear, and especially of conspiracy theories. What is the truth of the UFOs? Here is a report on May the 4th, 2018, as a part of the Las Vegas KLAS-TV news report by George Knapp and Matt Adams on a, quote, treasure trove, quote, unquote, of Pentagon documents relating to the Defense Intelligence Agency's, DIA, Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Applications Program, the AAWSAP, the piece included the following. The agreement with DIA did not mention UFOs at all. It used more generic terms such as a future threats and breakthrough technologies and specified 12 focal points including lift, propulsion, materials, virgins of stealth as well as human interface and human effects. Meaning Bigelow's team would study people who reported unusual experiences beyond seeing UFOs. The successful company, who was granted the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIE, AAWSAP contract, was Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, the BAASS of Las Vegas. There was a hyperlink in the online story to a statement from senior manager of BAASS. In the full statement read, quote, Statement from a senior manager of BAASS by Carolyn Bleakley, updated May the 4th, 2018, 5.28 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Las Vegas, BAASS broke new ground in professionalism by hiring, training, and deploying 50 full-time staff comprising retired military intelligence and law enforcement officers, Ph.D.-level scientists, engineers, technicians, analysts, translators, and project managers to create the largest multidisciplinary full-time team in history to investigate the UFO topic. The investigation by BAASS provided new lines of evidence showing that the UFO phenomenon was a lot more than nuts and bolts machines that interacted with military aircraft. The phenomenon also involved a whole panoply of diverse activity that included bizarre creatures, poltergeist activity, invisible entities, orbs of light, animal and human injuries, and more. The exclusive focus on nuts and bolts machines could be considered myopic and unproductive in solving the larger mystery of UFOs. One of the major successes of BAASS was in adopting the novel approach of utilizing the human body as a readout system for dissecting interreactions with the UFO phenomenon. This novel approach aimed to circumvent the increasing evidence of deception and subterfuge by the UFO phenomenon in that multiple eyewitnesses co-located in the same vicinity, frequently reported seeing widely different events. 
the evidence was multiplying that the UFO phenomenon was capable of, capable of manipulating and distorting human perception and therefore witness testimony of UFO activity was becoming increasingly trustworthy. The BAASS approach was to view the human body as a readout system for UFO effects by utilizing forensic technology, the tools of immunology, cell biology, genomics, neuroanatomy for in-depth study of the effects of UFOs on humans. This approach marked a dramatic shift away from the traditional norms of relying on eyewitnesses' testimony as a central evidentiary arm in UFO investigations. The approach aimed to bypass UFO deception and manipulation of human perception by utilizing molecular forensics to decipher the biological consequences of the phenomena. And it goes on. When we see the reports there and various articles, one here stated in May 2018, a statement by a purported senior manager within Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, the BAASS group, was released to CBS affiliate KLAS-TV in Las Vegas, which has a long tradition of reporting on local overlaps between UFO researchers and the military. This statement described alleged observed phenomena documented at Skinwalker Ranch. Quote, The investigations by BAASS provided new lines of evidence showing that the UFO phenomenon was a lot more than nuts and bolts machines that interacted with military aircraft, unquote, the senior manager said. Quote, the phenomenon also involved a whole panoply of diverse activity that included bizarre creatures, poltergeist activity, invisible entities, orbs of light, animal and human injury, and much more, unquote. Other strange phenomena was observed by another now defunct Bigelow founded organization, the National Institute for Discovery Sciences, the NIDS, according to a second hand report by astrophysicist Eric Davis, told to UFO researcher Du Joe Mergia, included a lengthy popular mechanics investigation into the connections between Bigelow Aerospace and Pentagon UAP programs. One researcher at Skinwalker Ranch saw a, quote, a 3D object appear in front of him, unquote, and mutate from a pretzel shape to that of a Mobius strip before disappearing. NIDS researchers also described finding mutilated cattle and mysterious beasts with yellow eyes, which are seemingly impervious to bullets. What on earth could this be? And of course, the Area 51 that many have, why is it uh, such a secret uh, op there uh, from the government in Area 51? And many other conspiracy uh, theorists there about UFOs. Well, let's take a look at the Bible. From a Bible perspective on UFOs, 
Now let's take a look. It's a scriptural point of view on these so-called extraterrestrials, UFOs, but certainly nothing that has surprised God at any point in time in his word. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 1, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Well, why would someone say, be not forgetful to entertain strangers? Well, if we don't know anybody walking down the road or knocking on our front door, we're not going to just open and say, come on in, especially in this day and time. Hardly uh, improbable to pick up someone thumbing for a ride down the road. Uh, You're probably asking for trouble. But here, Paul tells us to the church at Hebrews 13, chapter, verse 1 and 2, be, and it says there, breeding, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Why? For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, wait a minute. Angels are spiritual bodies. They can't just take on a human form, or can they? Well, we know that the gospel is only preached by mankind. That the angels desire to look into, but cannot. The gospel being preached by the human race, not attributed to angels. But here we have Paul saying that some of you, not all, but some of you, have entertained angels unawares. Well, how in the world would they be unaware of entertaining an angel? Let's take a look. Now, we know that we have those angels that kept not their first estate are contained in chains chains yes bound until the day of the Lord they kept not their first estate they're fallen we also see in the second Corinthians Paul talking to the church at Corinth and he says for what I do, that will I, I do not, and that are cut off occasion from them, which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we, for such are false apostles. Now, we know there's true apostles, but there's also, where there's a true, there's a false. Deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Just because someone gives you a card that has apostle written on it, or they're an apostle with their denomination, doesn't necessarily make them a true apostle. There are deceitful apostles, liars, deceitful, workers of iniquity. Take a look at the next verse. Now this is 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14. And no marvel, don't marvel at it. For Satan himself is transformed, a transformation, into an angel of light. 
Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. You will know them by their fruit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against this there is no law, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. But their works, you will know them by their fruit. For they draw close to the Lord with their mouth. Deceitful workers, deceitful, liars, cheats, workers of iniquity. They draw close to the Lord with their lips, yet their heart is far from from him. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? We are to walk as Jesus walked in the light as he is in the light. No man still walks in darkness saying that he follows Jesus. Yeah, the law says thou shalt not steal. But you as a minister, do you steal? Thou shalt not bear false witness. Do you bear false witness, Paul said? For he that is a minister of the word must be first protector of the fruit. And strivers for the mastery is temperate in all things, self-control. But here we find Satan transforming into an angel of light. Can this actually happen? Well, we have some of them uh, there, the, the angels of the Lord, which are ministering spirits for them who are heirs of salvation, not to them, but for the heirs of salvation, ministering spirits. Now, Paul tells us in Hebrews 13 that be uh, uh, careful uh, there to entertain strangers, for some of you have entertained angels unawares. Well, they appeared. They appeared. And let's take a look in the New Testament. Jesus, whenever, after he was baptized of John and Jordan, uh, he, there was, there led of the Spirit into the wilderness, there to be tempted of Satan. Take a look at Matthew chapter 4. And it says, Then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness, to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And we know the temptation there is against the flesh. So, and spirit of Jesus in his human body, of flesh and blood, rational soul, his mind, thought, will, purpose, his imagination, his intellect, and spirit, his human spirit. Each one of those areas were tempted of Satan. Well, did Satan manifest there? Well, of course he did. He talked, the Lord talked with him in the days of his flesh, not as God, but as a man. There, Jesus, for as much as the children, protects his flesh and blood. God himself also, after he made himself of no reputation, emptied out of glory, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, not above the law, but under the law. Galatians 4 verse 4 tells us that Jesus was a man of like passions, just like you and me. Tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4 15. For as much then as the children protects us of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Then in all things he, God himself, was made like 
unto his brethren in the days of his flesh. Hebrews 2. He was tempted as a man. God can't be tempted. Neither tempteth he any man. Any man says he's tempted, he's tempted of, of God. God tempteth no man. But every man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own. Lust, lust, conceits, bring forth sin. Uh, there it conceits, bring forth death. Let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. But yet Jesus is tempted as a man by Satan. Satan also came to Eve when she was called Adam before the fall. And he called them Adam and woman Adam. Because it's bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, and these two shall be one flesh. And he literally appeared unto Eve, the more subtle of the creatures, of the beasts of the field, and beguiled Eve. Well, she didn't see an apparition. She was tempted of Satan. We find also that in Daniel, we find many appearances. We see the angels appear unto Abraham. Three angels appear. Uh, talk with uh, Abraham. And then they go to see Lot uh, down there. They ate with Lot. You mean the angels ate with Let's take a look at it. If you take a look in uh, uh, Genesis and Genesis 19, let's just take a look at it, reading along in the Word of God. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening. The other angel, it was three angels, one stayed back with Abraham. That was the Lord. Uh, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. And the angel that stayed back uh, with Abraham uh, was the Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Uh, there And the other two angels went on into Sodom there to deliver Lot before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Chapter 19 of Genesis. And there came two angels to Sodom at Eden. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. He said, Behold now, my lords, uh, not a capital L, but a small case L, lords, that is masters or men, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house. Tarry all night. Stay all night with me. And wash your feet. Well, they had feet. There was appearance. They appeared as a man. Well, somebody said they can't do that. Oh, yes, they can. We're going to find them many different occasions. And we also find that these men take a look. And verse 3. And Lot pressed upon them greatly, and they turned into him and entered his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. They ate. It's not some ethereal being. They ate with Lot. People pressed the door at Lot's house, telling those men, those two men that they saw entering Lot's house, to come out, that they would know them. And, of course, we know this 
as uh, a sin there of sodomy. And uh, Lot tells them, no, I have my daughters, but do not this folly. They pressed on that door. Notice in verse uh, uh, 11, these angels, the men, they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they worried themselves to find the door. Then those two angels, appearing as men, told Lot, let's get your your family out of here because the Lord is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to find again. Uh, there uh, we find in 1 Samuel. Now this is a very unique scripture that we're going to talk about here that Saul has disobeyed the Lord God Almighty. He was supposed to uh, uh, destroy and completely uh, that to destroy all the men, the sheep, the goats, everything, and he did not obey. And because he didn't, then the Lord literally removed the kingdom from Saul to David. And David was the Lord King at 14, but he did not take the throne for another 16 years until age 30. But during that time, Saul reigned. But God had departed from him. He could not uh, seek the Lord through a Urim and Tumim, or through the prophets. Uh, the Lord had become his enemy, an adversary to Saul because he had disobeyed God. Because of this, Saul then turns to those of familiar spirits. And he needs to hear from God. Uh, he doesn't know what to do. And we find this account in 1 Samuel 28. And I'm reading here, and it says, let's start with verse, uh, uh, well, let's start with verse 8. Saul's going to disguise himself uh, because he is king over Israel. And he's going to disguise himself to go to a familiar spirit, the witch of Endor. You've heard it many times. But there's a certain scripture I want you to see. And Saul disguised himself and put on another raiment. And he went, two men went with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit and bring me him up whom I shall name unto you. He wants to bring up Samuel. And Samuel had already died. He had already uh, uh, gone on to be with the Lord. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore, then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die. Now she has a familiar spirit, Saul is there to, to conjure up Samuel. And Saul swear to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, which of Endor, whom shall I bring up to thee? And he said, Bring, up, bring him up, Samuel. 
And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. You are the king. Now Samuel had gone to the state of departed spirits and to gather it unto uh, the ones that had died in the Lord. He had not, uh, no man had sent it up to heaven yet, but he that came down from heaven. But he was in that state go to his, gathered to his fathers. Samuel has already died. He's been gathered to the fathers. Saul has asked the witch of Endor to bring him up. Now here is a scripture that I want us to look at. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? What did you see? Notice this scripture. This is verse 13, 1 Samuel 28, 13. And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. As someone will say, well, those gods are judges. No. She saw gods, or different spirits there, ascending out of the earth. She saw them. Gods ascending out of the earth. I'm going to submit to you that the UFOs are not from another planet. I'm going to submit to you that they do have power in these orbs of light, just as Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. That that's what you're seeing. That these are phenomena that we will see, evil men and seducers, seducers waxing worse and worse in the last days, until finally in Revelation 9 on the fifth trumpet, we're going to see the key to the bottomless pit being given to the angel to open that bottomless pit. God's ascending out of the earth. We're going to see the great furnace open. And there's going to come out locusts. They're going to have the shapes of horses and faces of men Hair like women, teeth like lions. Oh my goodness. Well, you won't be able to see them. Oh, you can't? He just described them in Revelation 9. The, the, the face of, of men. They have a king over them. It's a destroyer. Apollyon and Abaddon, the destroyer. And all of these, what shakes the presidency of the United States, knowing that there are this unidentified flying objects that has the speed, it seems, of light and literally killing animals as well as disfiguring humans, having yellow eyes, orbs of light, and yet impervious to bullets. Well, they are not human. These are what we're going to see more and more in the last days. UFOs 
is what the Word of God calls these gods coming up out of the earth. We find in Revelation 9, a key to the bottomless pit. You can turn over there and read it. You'll see in the Old Testament that the angelic host, take a look. When you see uh, the Syrians are going to destroy Israel, and Hezekiah turns his face to the wall, you know, Hezekiah given another 15 years. And Isaiah prophesies to him, and he tells Isaiah to go back. He's got another 15 years. and uh, But he cries to the Lord, and God says he'll deliver him. But there's a scripture I want you to see in Second Kings, verse 19, that God is going to destroy these Assyrians. He's going to use one angel. These angels excel in strength and might. And we find that it came to pass, and you're going to see this in 2 Kings 19, verse 35. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord went out and smote the camp of the Assyrians a hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. One angel killed in one night 185,000 Assyrians. But we're going to have a space program that will thwart all these judgments of God and all the famine, pestilence, sword, and noise and beast, and we're going to be able to protect our land. Listen, we need to turn back to God. Come and let us return to the Lord, for He hath torn he will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. We're going to see famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. God's four sword judgments upon the earth. For one reason, to reveal his name that he is God and there's not another. There's no other God beside him. And his name is Jesus. The Father of glory revealed in a body of flesh and blood as the Son of God. Now glorified back saving mankind, Jehovah's salvation, and sat down with the Father in that throne. Revelation 3.21 And these evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. You're going to see more UFOs than you've ever seen in your life. These is more spiritual activity out there as we see that day approaching. Somebody said, where they're coming from? They're coming from the earth. That's what, he's, that's what he's saying. Matter of fact, talking about angels, they can't appear. Oh, yes, they can. How can you entertain angels unawares? Hebrews 13, if they don't appear. Take a look over here at Cornelius. Cornelius. Cornelius is of the Italian band. A pizza. <laughs> he's of the Italian band. The Littoni. <laughs> and in Acts, the 10th chapter. He has done much. His prayers has come up before God as a memorial and the offerings that he's done. And he's done many things to, for the gospel and for, uh, for, the, for the Jews, for Israel. And we find him in Acts, the 10th chapter. Take a look at what God does. And the third year, I'm sorry, 
uh, Acts of the 10th chapter. I meant that wrong chapter here, Acts of the 10th. And it says there was a certain man. And notice every time you see certain in the Word of God, it will come to pass in the last days uh, because there was that certain man. That certain man in Daniel 8 is Palmona. That's a wonderful number, the revealer of secrets. And there will be more secrets revealed in the last days to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Acts the 10th chapter. There was a certain man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He is the first Gentile that's going to come to salvation, being born of the water and spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and receiving the Holy Ghost. A devout man and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms or offerings to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a night vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him. The angel of God coming to him. Coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius, he calls his name. And when he looked on him, Cornelius looked on him. This is not some kind of a spirit out there that he can't see. We could see some of us have entertained angels unawares. And you might have, my friend. And when Cornelius looked on him, he was afraid. He was scared and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms are come up, thy almsgiving or thy offerings are come up before a memorial before God. And he goes on and gives him a word of direction. Now he's not preaching the gospel, but he is leading him to Peter who will preach that everlasting gospel to him. We find Paul. Take a look. Well, not only that, let's take a look at uh, uh, again over at Peter. Peter's in jail. They've killed James. They imprisoned Peter. They see that uh, Herod Agrippa sees that it pleases the Jews. So he puts Peter in jail and prison. He's going he's gonna to kill him. So let's see what happens. In Acts the 12th chapter, Herod the king, that's Herod Agrippa. Not Herod the Great, but Herod Agrippa. And he, uh, he put, stretched forth his hands to vex out another church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Now, because it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also, and he's going to kill Peter. Peter goes to prison, and he's going to be kept in prison, and intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. In other words, to kill Peter. Now, in Acts 12th chapter, we're going to see in verse 5, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. They're going to make sure Peter does not get away. Make sure that he's held with chains, sleeping between two soldiers. And the keepers 
before the Dort kept the present. He's got two that's sleeping on well, either side in between two soldiers, and then he's got other soldiers keeping the door. No way he's going to escape. Take a look at what God does. Verse 7, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, upon Peter, and a light shined in the present. And he, singular personal pronoun, he, masculine, smote Peter on the side. Smote him on the side. Woke him up and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Right there between two soldiers, they're sleeping between them in the prison, and, and soldiers at the door. And the angel said unto him, speaking to him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And Peter said unto him, and he, and he said unto him, to Peter, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. He's following the angel out. Well, he can certainly see him. And he went out and followed him. Peter following the angel out. And wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel. But he thought he saw a vision. He thought he was in a dream. Or maybe an open vision. But it was a reality that the angel, God sent his angel and delivered him. When they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth to the city. You can't get through that iron gate. That's a defense. Which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and... Forthwith, the angel departed from him. He'd done what he's supposed to do, and he left him. Did Peter see him? Of course he did. <laughs> and when Peter was come to him, himself, he finally shook himself. Is this some? No, I'm really delivered here. This is not a dream. Now, knowing of a surety that the Lord had sent his angel and had delivered me, Peter said, out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Now, did Peter seem? Of course he did. Did the angel preach? No. The only one to preach the everlasting gospel is the body of Christ. Take a look at the power of this angel, though. Herod then kills the guards because Peter escaped by the hand of God. And notice, there upon a set day, and take a look at uh, verse 21, same chapter, uh, Acts 12, chapter verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, great pomp, sat upon a throne and made an oration to them. He was quite an orator, no doubt. And the people gave a shout saying, it is a voice of a God and not of a man. What an orator. My, some of the preachers today would love to have that kind of an oration. And immediately, that quick, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms 
and gave up the ghost. Skin worms ate his body right there. They saw him die, shrivel right there because he did not give God the glory. Paul's on his way to Rome. He appeals to Caesar. The ship is going, it looks like, to be shipwrecked. Here again in Acts the 27th chapter, we see the angel of the Lord again. And we're going to see this angel of the Lord stand by Paul. Take a look at Acts 27, verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, what did the angel say to it? Fear not, Paul. Remember, he's standing by Paul. Paul sees him. He says to Paul, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. That's wrong. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. Paul said, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as uh, it was told me, how be it? We must be cast upon a certain island. We are going to have a shipwreck, but nobody's going to get killed. Now, all the men are going to be saved alive. Just as the angel that stood before Paul. Paul said, look, though we are an angel from heaven, an angel of heaven, preach any other gospel. Don't angel preach any other gospel. Just like Micaiah. They go into the battle, battle of, at Ramoth Gilead. Ahab uh, uh, along with Jehoshaphat. Ahab, all the prophets there are saying, go up, go up to Ramoth Gilead. God will deliver them into your hand. But it didn't sound right to Jehoshaphat. He said, do you have any other prophets here? He said, yeah, there's one, but he never speaks good. Of, he always speaks evil of me, Ahab says. Joshua says, oh, let, let it not be so. Send for him. The prophets, all of them go to Micaiah and says, uh, they call for you. The king calls for you. Now you say that the battle's going to go good for Israel. That all will be delivered into the hands of the kings. Jehoshaphat and Ahab. And Micaiah says, who is like God, same as Micael, Micaiah, Micah, says, whatever the Lord speaks, that's what I'm going to speak. So they bring him. They bring him before Ahab and Jehoshaphat and he tells the king, though it were not for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look on you. They have respect to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. They say, well, what say? He said, go up, go up to Ramoth Gilead. God will deliver. And he's mocking the other prophets. For God will deliver them into your hand. <laughs> he said, I adjure to you, speak the truth. He said, I saw the Lord. And the angelic host around him. And they said, who will make Ahab go up to Ramoth Gilead and fall there and die? One angel said this, another angel said that. One angel said, I will go down. 
That's not one coming up out of the earth. That's one going down. I will go down and be a lying spirit in his prophets. Somebody said, God's saying a lie? No, their own heart was already deceived. It's out of your heart is your destiny. Guard your heart for out of it proceed all the issues of life. God will give you your heart. When God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it's because he would not obey. And because of that, his heart was hardened. The angel said, I'll go down, I'll be a lying spirit into all of his prophets. And then he will go up and he'll fall. God says it will go. And as Micaiah spoke this word to Ahab and Jehoshaphat, so it came to pass exactly. Just like he said, Ahab told Micah, put him in Micah, Micaiah, put him in that in that uh, prison. Give him the bread affliction until I come back. Micaiah said, if you come back at all, God has not spoken by me. And obviously, you know, you know the story. The word of God tells us that Ahab at Pervention there went through and he was killed in battle and the dogs licked his blood. We find all through the word of God that in these last days there'll be signs in the heavens. Signs in the heavens. We're seeing them now. Signs in the heavens. Blood. Fire. Pillars of smoke. These things should not upset you as a Christian. God said they would be. Though a thousand fall at your left and ten thousand at your right, yet the plague will not come nigh thee, neither nigh thy house. You're born of God. The wicked one touches you not. Be of good cheer. UFOs, nothing in the world but these, these spirits that have fallen, trying to deceive mankind, get them off of in a voluntary and humility worshiping of angels, intruding to those, intruding into those things that he knoweth not, vainly puffed up by their fleshly minds. They can do you nothing. But you're going to see more and more of it. You're going to see more of this, this uh, signs in the heavens, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. You're going to see uh, that bottomless pit and uh, in the last days that that bottomless pit will be opened. And there will be this army of locusts that will come out that will hurt men five months that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Neighbor, it's time to get sealed. If you don't know the sealing that's happening right now, tune into the podcast, Sealing God's People. You can do that over 25 podcast sites that we're on right now, Sealing God's People. Or you can go to the website, Sealing God's People. Dot org. Well, UFOs, you know the truth. Some extraterrestrial, well, you know that they're 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 not doing good to mankind. Destroying cattle, destroying men. They they're impervious to bullets or whatever. These are what they are. That's exactly what they are. Transforming themselves. These uh, angels that have fallen, these demons transforming themselves into angels of light, deceptive, false apostles, and just as as false UFOs. 
that you're trying to deceive mankind today. Well, Sailing God's People, check us out, sailinggodspeople.org. Until the next time, this is your host, Dennis Beard, saying, no obeying God's command, seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send out you. In obedience to that command, we're obeying the Lord with these podcasts, Sailing God's People. Till the next time, Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.